thirst for you. My whole being longs for you. In a dry, parched land where there is no water. Whom have I in heaven but you? And earth is nothing I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail. Thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Sean Lee, and I'm the lead pastor here at Press Church. Uh, for those of you who are new with us, uh, thank you for joining us. We're so excited to have you. And for everyone watching online, thank you for joining us as well. As always, if you are watching online, leave a comment. Let us know where you're watching from. Uh, say hi to Pastor Jason, who's usually hosting the online service. Uh, we're so happy to have everybody. Uh, today is a special day. We are celebrating and congratulating all of our graduates, so I know we have some graduates here today and some of you are at home, but let's give a round of applause for all of our graduates. It's, uh, it's been a crazy year, I'm sure, for students out there. I can only imagine all the differences that they've had to deal with and the changes that they had to keep up with, so uh, we definitely are for you and praying for you. And actually, with that, I wanna go ahead and just do a quick prayer for all of our graduates. So let's bow our heads and let's, let's pray for them. God, we do thank you for uh, all the graduates here with us and watching online and those uh, that are represented in the families here at Press, God. And I pray that as they move forward, God, that they would be seeking you, that they would be seeking what you have for them, God, that they'd be embracing who you've called them to be. And maybe in this time where there's a lot of questions, God, that you would be giving them peace and hope, Lord, and that as they move forward and whatever's next, that they would know that you are with them, God, that you are for them, and that uh, they can put their trust and hope in you. So I pray blessings over them, uh, and that you would continue to lead all of us in being able to support them and all that you have for us. God, we love you and we thank you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. All right, so we are uh, in a new series today. It's called The Chase. And this series, we're going to be mainly in Psalms. I don't know if you guys have read much of Psalms. Mainly in Psalms and looking through uh, different passages and that. But really the question is this, what, what are we chasing after? If you were to ask yourself, like, all right, if I'm going to take a step back and be like, all right, what do I chase? What do I chase after? Uh, maybe another question is, why does it feel like God is far away sometimes? What do we do with that? What do we do when we don't feel like God is close to us? Or if he's not showing up in the ways that we think. So those are some of the things we'll be talking about through this series and, and really think about how do we pursue God and what does that look like. And so today, uh, this last week, Pastor C.R., Pastor Jason and I, we got back in the car together. And if you're new with us, uh, myself and the two other pastors on staff, uh, almost every week we get in the car and we discuss uh, the topic for the day. And so C.R. and Jason and I, we, we hopped in and started talking about this, this idea of the chase. So let's take a look at this first video. So uh, graduation's happening, right? Yes. A lot of people are graduating. Uh, yes. 
yes. You know what's always interesting about graduation? The big speeches. Oh, yeah. Because it's like these, you know, encouraging you to go uh, chase after something. Be right? your best self. Go chase after this dream. Chase your dreams is a common theme. Right. And the the best ones kind of remind you that it isn't about that, but it's rare because we do live in a society that pushes every everyone towards this unachievable bliss, right? Right. This this false security. And we we buy it. We chase it. Right? Right? That's what we end up chasing. Right. Well, the series called The Chase. What are you chasing? Mm. Who's chasing you? Who's chasing you? Right. I know there are times for me that I feel like it's my chase. is more like the movie Speed, right? Where, where they're in that bus, and if, if, if I let off the gas, the whole thing could explode. Mm. Right, yeah. And, and so it's this weird... Mm. Am I chasing hard enough, fast enough? If I let off, will everything just unravel? Right. And, and it goes back to me thinking, I'm the one who's yeah. doing it all. That's a good point. But, <laughs> you know, I feel like um, maybe we're kind of afraid that it's going to be like uh, in the end of uh, National Lampoon's Vacation, where they go to Wally World. And, and you, you know, they're chasing and they're going for it. And then it's closed. And it's closed. <laughs> That's a great analogy. <laughs> That's really good. Well, we have this picture that if, if 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 you do everything right and everything goes the way you know it should, if you're working hard and doing all that, then you'll have no problems. Right. It's this transactional yeah. uh, idea that you if you put something in, you're going to get that out. something out. Yeah. Right. And, and it's going to increase. Right? right. And there's some truth in that, right? I mean, we live yeah. in a world; it operates a certain way. But yeah. We allow our identity and our entire being to be wrapped up in that chase yeah. and God is saying it ain't about that chase yeah. right it's funny because we we get some of those things sometimes we get the thing we're chasing and I think that that you're right we so quickly are on to the next thing already it's mm-hmm. like well okay that was fun right now what all right because it doesn't, it doesn't fu- satisfy right. it doesn't fulfill it doesn't yeah yeah and I think that's a, a cycle in our culture, especially where, well, this next thing's gonna be it. This yeah. Ne- yeah. We were watching uh, Night at the Museum with the kids, and the dad is like, he, he's always d- designing things or making stuff. Oh, uh, the the snapper. It's like this lady's like, yeah, there, there's a thing called the clapper. It's a little easier. <laughs> Everyone knows how to snap, right? And you know, but he has all these inventions, and it's like always the next thing. Oh, this next thing's gonna work. This next yeah. thing's gonna work. This next thing's gonna work. Right. And it's like we're telling ourselves that. Well, this, you know, this is, has to work. This will make me happy. This will mm-hmm. fill that void. This will make me, you know, and the love question my is, life. When, when that is your mindset or the way you live, what are you chasing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. In that scenario, you know, you're you're chasing something. Right. But what is it and why? Yeah. And I was thinking about the other day. I was watching the show uh, on Netflix. It's a car show. It's like driving show. And it was interesting because they have these four different drivers. And the, it's like almost every episode you hear this. Like, I'm doing this for somebody else. Like, they're yeah. like, oh, I'm doing this for my kid. or I'm do-. And I'm, I'm always wondering, like, you know, I wonder if you have a conversation with your kid and ask, what's the most important thing? Uh, for you to win this race. Right. Would it really be, <laughs> hey, Dad, I want you to spend all this time making this car fast so you can win this race. Right. Mm. And so it's funny how we actually, yeah. we, we will 
tie our own desires right. into this. Yes. Right. We'll project what we think yeah. somebody else wants in a way to where we right. actually get what we want. Right. And it's not about somebody else at all. It's about ourselves. Yes. Yeah. Pseudo altruism. Right. Those are yeah. words. Pseudo altruism. <laughs> uh, you know, I do think about this. We were talking about uh, Psalms and David's writings mm-hmm. and these songs to God and his heart in it. Mm-hmm. You know, and here we see a character who's pursuing God, mm-hmm. but it's pretty messy. Oh, yeah. You know, and that's the beauty of it, though. But there's a sense in which that's David before God. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm going to come before you, and you're going to see parts of me that no one should see. But (laughs) I'm going to do this because I I need you to see me completely. I know you do, but I need to be in a position to expose myself to God's light. Yeah. So that even the dark parts of me are exposed to his light, Mm -hmm. which can then transform me. Yeah, absolutely. That's really good. All right, so I, I have a question for us today. What do you do when your theology is contradicted by your reality? I could ask it like this. What, when something you thought of God or believed of God is now being contradicted by something you are currently experiencing, what do you do with that? If you... If you thought God worked in a certain way, and now you are experiencing something in your reality that goes against that, what is your response? I had a friend growing up who, he grew up in a fairly legalistic household, and was not allowed to do very much of anything, and it was very, very strict uh, household, and as he grew up, he got through college and Stayed pretty clean, you know, nothing crazy. And then eventually he went off the deep end. It was like probably mid to late 20s. And something I remember hearing him, like having a conversation with him, he's like, I started doing these things I wasn't allowed to do. I was told that if I did these, like something would happen. And then I realized I enjoyed them. I, 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 I liked the party life. I liked the things that came up. I was enjoying myself. And God wasn't striking me down. Like there wasn't this lightning bolt coming and striking me down. I was like, I was actually having fun. And I was meeting people and I was enjoying life. What, what, do, you, what do you do with that? Isn't, isn't supposed to, something bad supposed to happen to him? Isn't, is he supposed to like, I don't know, get in a car accident? Or, and that sounds terrible, but I'm just, that's what we believe sometimes. We believe in this system like, well... I'm going to do everything that God tells me to do, even though that's mixed in with some of what my parents think I should do and what, you know, other added things. And everything's going to be good for me. And if I do bad, well, then I'm going to be punished somehow. And so he had this. Like, this, this was his theology. And he goes and he's experiencing something that goes against that. And now all of a sudden, if that's not true, well, if I'm not, if I don't get you know, in trouble for doing this, well, what other things about this faith that I've been told about are maybe not true? Or is it not true? I'm going to be in Psalms today, um, and chapter 3 specifically. So if you have a Bible, go ahead and start turning. This psalm uh, was attributed to a guy named Asaph, uh, and he was a skilled, said to be a skilled musician uh, and poet, and was a music leader appointed by David uh, to the temple. And so this, I want you, as we read this, I'm going to break it up into three sections. But as we read through this, really focus on this. Because I think some of the things that it says in here 
are things that maybe we struggle with as well to believe. So this is Psalm 73. It goes like this. Truly God is good to Israel, to those whose hearts are pure. But as for me, I almost lost my footing. My feet were slipping and I was almost gone. For I envied the proud when I saw them prosper despite their wickedness. They seem to live such painless lives. Their bodies are so healthy and strong. They don't have troubles like other people. They are not plagued with problems like everyone else. They wear pride like a jeweled necklace and clothe themselves with cruelty. These fat cats have everything their hearts could ever wish for. They scoff and speak only evil. In their pride, they seek to crush others. They boast against the very heavens, and their words strut throughout the earth. And so the people are dismayed and confused, drinking in all their words. What does God know, they ask? Does the Most High even know what's happening? Look at these wicked people enjoying a life of ease while their riches multiply. Wow. Has anybody felt like that before? Anyone been there? God, I'm doing all this stuff right. I'm trying to do good, and yet I'm the one who's in pain. I'm the one who doesn't have anything going for me, and these other people, they're doing all this stuff that I thought you said was bad, and they seem to be living a good life. What, what would I do? Asaph was using things of this world. He was using outside stuff to, as a way of evidence for God's presence and love. He was attributing these things with, with goodness from God. He says he, he even envied them. He envied the proud. They seemed to live such painless lives. Do we ask that same question? I think it shows us uh, something that's very common to all of us, and that's comparison. We're constantly comparing our lives to other people, constantly looking to maybe what we don't have or what somebody else does. That's how we know we're, we're keeping up, right? I know I'm keeping up because, well, that family over there, they've got their stuff together, and this is how they're doing it. So we're doing pretty good right now because we've got some of the same stuff that they do. Or I, I know I can afford this now, and so I'm doing good. I've, I've, and we constantly do that. It's a constant comparison. Oh, well, did you hear what so-and-so did? Oh, my gosh, we got to, we got to do that now. That's the, it's the new thing. Your clothes now, well, <clears throat> what you're wearing, yeah, last year might have passed. Not going to work this year. Not sure you should wear that in public, right? Because you're going to be judged. So one of the first things I want you to, if you're taking notes, is, is this. Comparison will make you feel either superior or inferior. Neither honors God. Neither honors God. It's, it's, it's true if we think about this. At the core of it, you're either going to feel really good about yourself and say, yep, I've got it together, or you're going to feel like you're lacking. And yet we constantly do that, and it's not honoring to God. It's not honoring to what he has for us. But what I love about, you know, this first section, really this whole chapter, and a lot of the uh, verses in Psalm, we see an honesty with God. Asaph's just saying, hey, this is what I'm feeling. This is, 
This is what I'm feeling. And I love, we can do this. I think we, I think we miss this sometimes. There's an element of our faith where we're like, well, if I tell God what I really think, again, maybe something bad's gonna happen to me because then he's gonna see how dark my heart is and how selfish I am. And, but it's not. God's big enough for your questions and your doubts. And you would think, even like Asaph in, in, this, in this chapter, like these are, these are tough things to hear. If you had a friend that came to you and started saying these things, you'd be like, whoa, whoa, don't say anything bad about God. But yet this honesty, I think it's something for us to take in. And he's not condemned for it. I think a lot of us maybe feel that if, if we're honest with God, there's gonna be some condemnation or there's gonna be some judging or I can't say that out loud because what does that say for me? What will people think of me? Will they think I'm a bad Christian? I think it shows a lot of maturity. I think it shows a, a growth process. We talk about, you know, our, our walk is a long stretch. It's a long obedience. It's a process, and sometimes there's wrestling. Sometimes it's hard, and that tension. We live in that tension a lot. Man, well, I, I, I want to do this, but I, I don't want to do that. And here, Paul, I, I do the things I don't want to do, and the things I don't want to do, I do. That's the tension we live in all the time. But I don't, I don't want to miss that in this, in this chapter, this honesty with God. Let's continue. Verse 13. Seth says, did I keep my heart pure for nothing? Did I keep myself innocent for no reason? I get nothing but trouble all day long. Every morning brings me pain. Anybody feel like that? If I had really spoken this way to others, I would have been a traitor to your people. So I tried to understand why the wicked prosper, but what a difficult task it is. Then I went into your sanctuary, O oh God. And I finally understood the destiny of the wicked. Truly, you put them on a slippery path and send them sliding over the cliff to destruction. In an instant, they are destroyed, completely swept away by terrors. When you arise, O Lord, you will laugh at their silly ideas as a person laughs at dreams in the morning. Then I realized that my heart was bitter and I was all tore up, torn up inside. I was so foolish and ignorant, I must have seemed like a senseless animal to you. We start to see a change in this section, and you see it in the pronouns. If you look at the first section of, of this chapter, it's they, they, them, they, they. His focus, where's his focus? His focus is on other people. Those people, them, they. What changes? He starts to focus on God. His, his pronouns turn to I and you. And there's a key verse there. Then I went into your sanctuary. Then I went into your sanctuary. Write this down. When we are in the presence of God, we not only see him better, but we see ourselves better. When we are in the presence of God, we not only see him better, we see ourselves better. Asaph went into the sanctuary. He went to the presence of God. And what happened? He started to see things differently. And that was the catalyst. The catalyst was 
was that. His circumstances haven't changed. Nothing around him has technically changed, but he's viewing things differently now. This is so, this, this idea of lens, lenses is so key. Because if you think about it, if, if you think he, because if you think, uh, if you have a lens that, you know, this person, no matter when I talk to them, they're not going to be listening to me, and they're going to think I'm stupid. If you go into a conversation like that, no matter what, no matter how they respond to you, in the back of your mind, you're going to think, they think I'm stupid, the thing I'm saying doesn't matter to them. No matter how that conversation goes. And we have lenses all the time that we, that we put on relationships. And the thing I want us to see is, is we have lenses of, of God. What you think God is going to do and how he's going to uh, interact with you and what he thinks about you. And depending on that lens, you will then see yourself differently. And so we have to be so careful about the lenses that we are wearing. Asaph had a lens and, and what, what brought him back? Being in the presence of God. Here at Press, we talk about making a difference in this community. If you've been around, we, we've got it outside in the lobby. We want to make a difference in this community. And there's really three ways, and this is in our mission statement, there's three ways that we approach this. One is this, we want to make a difference in the community by pursuing Christ. The second one is communing with believers. And the third one is influencing unbelievers. We feel that if, if we are doing these three things, we will make a difference in our community. If you are first pursuing Christ and then communing with believers and then influencing unbelievers, we will truly make a difference. And in this series specifically, this Chasing God, we are focusing on that, that pursuing Christ. This is, this is vital. Like, this is really important. This idea of pursuing God, this chasing after God, what he, seeking what he has for us. And I want to challenge us. Make pursuing God a priority in your life. If, if you're somebody that maybe comes to church once a month or every other week or something, I challenge you, just this series, just come for the next four weeks, however many weeks this series is, come for this series. Try not to miss a week. Or if you miss a Sunday, go back and watch it online. If you didn't know, all of our services are on YouTube, backed up. You can go there. While you're at it, subscribe to the channel. You can watch our midweeks as well. We have conversations every Wednesday, me, CR, and Jason. But make it a point for the next four weeks after this. Come to church every week or at least watch every week. If you want to know God more, and I don't mean he's saying like, oh, we do this, we're the best, and we're the only person who can help you in your spiritual journey. I'm saying I know that there's something about taking time and intentionality to seek God, and he will show up. Take your spiritual walk seriously. There's a, there's a practical element to this of keeping things close to your mind. I, I was going to... I was going to tell you guys, has anybody ever, like, if, if I tell you, hey, uh, watch for yellow cars, what's going to happen? You're going to notice every yellow car. This is funny, because I wrote this in my notes on Thursday. You want to know how many yellow cars I've seen since Thursday? 
<laughs> Every day I'm like, yellow car, yellow car. Man, there's a lot of yellow cars. You, would, you wouldn't guess there's so many yellow cars. But even myself, for the analogy, I, like, I can't help but notice yellow cars. And now you're going to go home and you're probably going to see a couple yellow cars and maybe for the next week. Use it as a way to remind yourself of the, of the point of this. And the point of this is being when you focus on God, when you take time to think about God, you will notice him. You will see where he is present in your life. You will attribute more to him. It won't just be like, well, that happened. It's now, oh, wow, God showed up. Oh, I, I didn't even, like, I didn't think about it. Like, that's God in my life. So I, I do challenge us, make, make this a priority. This discipline of, of spending time in prayer and, and worship and in community together, you will see God at work in your life. And you'll probably see him more at work in your life than you, than you thought before. It helps us get our eyes off of our surroundings it helps us get our minds off of ourselves. It helps us get our minds off of the things that we're lacking. It helps us see God for who he is. Let's read this last section of Psalm 23 through 28. It says this, yet still I belong to you. You hold my right hand. This is after all of this, all the things he has said, expressing his frustration, expressing his doubts, all these different things. Yet still I belong to you. You hold my right hand. You guide me with your counsel, leading me to a glorious destiny. Whom have I in heaven but you? I desire you more than anything on earth. My health may fail, my spirit may grow weak, but God remains the strength of my heart. He is mine forever. Those who desert him will perish, for you destroy those who abandon you. But as for me, how good it is to be near God. I have made the sovereign Lord my shelter, and I will tell everyone about the wonderful things you do. What a heart change. What a perspective change. Things he knew and believed and had forgotten about. And now he's back to understanding the true nature of God. This foundation for this week is this. We want you to understand that, that the presence of God is near to you that God is near to you. And I want you to know that God is with you and God is for you. God is with you and God is for you. That's the foundation of, of this first series and moving on with the chase, that, that understanding that God isn't just out there careless about your life. He cares for you. A few, a few uh, Sundays ago, there was a verse we read saying that he's interceding for you. He cares about you. And in this series, The Chase, sometimes it feels like that. It's like sometimes it feels like I'm just, I'm running after God no matter how hard I'm running. It just It's like he's not there. And I almost, it's funny, I talked to the pastors about, I'm like, do we really want to call The Chase? I'm like, I don't like that idea. This idea of chasing God because it's almost as if he's running away from you. But here's the thing, I think if we're honest, sometimes that's how it feels. Sometimes it feels like it's like this active thing that it's like, God, I'm trying to get close to you and I don't feel close. Are you running away from me? 
And while that's not true, and while that's the foundation of this week, he is not running from you, addressing that we do feel like that sometimes. And that's natural. But I want to encourage us to press in even more. Ah, press, see what I did there? <laughs> I didn't even write that one down. To press into what God has for us. To know that he is there. So let's review real quick. We need to guard against comparison. This constant journey of, oh, well, they have something I don't, and they seem like God's closer to them, and I, they have what I want, and I don't have Guard against comparison. Understand, God is with you. God is for you. And because of that, his presence brings clarity in our lives. The things that you're struggling with, finding clarity on, pursue God, pursue his presence. He will speak to you. He will be with you. And as I challenge, make this a priority. Just test it out. Maybe for the next month, say, hey, you know, I'm not going to, if I miss a service, I'm going to watch it online. Or if I miss a Sunday, I'm going to watch it. Or I'm, gonna, I'm just going to make sure I'm there. Just see. See what God does. It. And don't just come out like, well, Sean says it, so I'm just going to come and we'll sit here. No, like, come expectant. I think a lot of us, we, we, we just go through the motions. And again, I'm not trying to be, like, judgmental here. I'm, I'm just pointing out something even in myself. I can come on a Sunday and go through the motions and not be expectant that God's going to use this service. Come expectant. Come with anticipation that God's going to tell you something. Or God's going to speak to you in a way that maybe he's never spoken to you before. Take it seriously. Go after it. What would it look like if, if you did that? How do you think your life would change? Or how do you think your, your spiritual walk would change? How would your view of God change? Do we care enough? Do I care enough to not go through the motions to be used by God? Our desire is that we would know God better. And I believe if we know God better, we will be able to achieve what we want. Asher, you can start coming up. I'm sorry, I forgot to tell you. But I believe we'll be able to achieve this mission of, of making a difference in our community. That us surrendering to God, pursuing God is the first step in that. Let's pray. God, I just thank you for all that you are doing. I thank you for who you are. And God, I hope that today, this, these verses that we read through, that, that even though we may feel like Asaph sometimes, we may feel like we're looking at all these other people and seeing things that we want and that we're not getting, that God, in that, we would strive to pursue you, that we would chase after you. And like Asaph, as he got into your presence, as he got into your temple and your sanctuary, God, that you started to change him. You changed his lens of how he viewed things. And he began to see you for who you are. And so, God, I pray that, that today that each of us would do that. That we, would, that we would come after you, that we would pursue you, that we would chase after you with an expectancy that you are gonna show up, that you are gonna be there, that you are gonna speak to us and use us, God. God, I thank you for all that you are doing. It's your name we pray, amen.